0: Welcome to Nutrition Bites, the no-nonsense podcast where you get the truth about food so you can eat what you want and be healthy. I'm your host, Maggie, and welcome to episode 24 of this series. Today's topic is a listener recommendation, which is a good reminder that if you ever have a topic you want covered, send me a message on Instagram at Nutrition Bites Podcast. Let's get to it. On the money today, elimination diets. The year 2016 was marked with a lot of world-changing events. The infamous U.S. election, Brexit, and the release of the Lemonade album by Beyonce. This year also marks the moment that I discovered I was lactose intolerant. My own life-changing event. At the time, my work lunch often consisted of a delectable pesto and mozzarella sandwich. And not the crappy, dry grocery store mozzarella. I'm talking that fresh, bougie stuff you get from a cheesemonger. It was amazing. But after a while, I came to realize that following every mozzarella lunch break, I experienced massive digestive pain. This also happened to coincide with a time where I regularly ate a lot of ice cream. Don't question me about it. And would subsequently spend the next few hours struggling with abdominal cramping. Eventually, this old noggin put two and two together and realized I may have a problem with dairy. I tested out this theory by experimenting with different levels of milk, yogurt, and cheese, and sure enough, came to the conclusion that I was lactose intolerant. Over the years, I've tested out my tolerance, figuring out my own individual thresholds, like the fact that cheese on pizza is okay, but creamy alfredo pasta is a no-go. And this kind of food experimentation is what a lot of people go through who experience digestive issues. It's almost instinctual. But while this investigative process can be DIY'd at home, there's a more scientific method that professionals use to help people. It's called the elimination diet. Our diets are complex puzzles. We eat and drink so many different types of things, and a lot of the time we have no clue exactly what we're ingesting. Most people can tolerate a wide variety of foods, but some bodies are a little extra rebellious, causing a lot of grief when encountering a blacklisted ingredient. Since there are so many dietary possibilities to blame for uncomfortable symptoms ranging from bloating to migraines, it can be hard to pinpoint exactly what the cause is. Influences outside of our diet, like stress, can also contribute to the confusion. But for some people, what they eat are grounds for investigation. The elimination diet is a short-term approach to identifying food intolerances and sensitivities. Although it has the sacrilegious word diet in it, it has nothing to do with weight loss, calories, or macronutrient restriction. This is a tool to discover food triggers which may cause a variety of symptoms such as indigestion, bloating, abdominal cramping, bad skin, migraines, and joint pain. It's a temporary process, lasting a few months, where you radically reduce the types of foods you consume in order to identify any items that trigger a negative health symptom. It's like a real-life game of Clue, but more tasty. An important distinction with the elimination diet is that it's meant to identify food intolerances and sensitivities, not allergies. An allergy occurs when your body overreacts to a protein, causing a big immune system response. The most common food allergies include milk, eggs, soy, wheat, tree nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish. The symptoms often include swelling, difficulty breathing, rashes, hives, and itchiness, and they occur almost immediately after exposure. Like when Will Smith's character in Hitch accidentally ate seafood. Even eating a really tiny amount can cause a potentially life-threatening reaction. Food allergies are no joke. A food intolerance, on the other hand, relates to the difficulty your body has in digesting a type of food, and so the symptoms tend to relate to digestive distress, like bloating, abdominal cramping, and diarrhea. Although less common, a food intolerance can also contribute to other health issues, like acne, fatigue, and migraines. Symptoms can show up immediately after eating, or take a few hours or days before appearing. Lactose and gluten are the most common food intolerances. And most people can handle ingesting some level of their trigger but the scale varies per individual like a small amount of gluten in soy sauce may be okay but a loaf of ciabatta will cause you to be in the fetal position on the bathroom floor sitting in the gray area between intolerances and allergies are food sensitivities this term is not really well defined nor necessarily medically accepted but it covers the experiences of people who have a small immune reaction to a certain food, but with symptoms closer to those of an intolerance. Things like joint pain, fatigue, rashes, and brain fog. The types of items people claim sensitivities to is quite varied, including a group of vegetables called nightshades. These veggies, which include tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, okra, and white potatoes, contain a compound which is thought to contribute to inflammation and worsen joint pain especially in people with rheumatoid arthritis. From speaking with friends, it's clear that as we age, we're becoming more in tune with how our bodies function or don't function. Somehow, a can of Coke is now considered too sweet when a decade early, we were practically hydrating with the stuff. So it makes sense that it's become increasingly popular to investigate food intolerances and sensitivities because a lot of us are discovering that what we eat and drink has a huge impact on how we feel. And one way to uncover these trigger foods is to undergo an elimination diet. While there's no standard protocol for this process, all elimination diets have three key phases in common. Track, eliminate, and reintroduce. One skill you need to develop for a successful elimination diet is tracking. That is, writing down every single thing you eat and drink along with any symptoms you may feel in a food diary. Tracking is considered the first phase of an elimination diet because it gives you a baseline, the before snapshot of what you regularly ingested and how it made you feel. But be warned, it's not as easy as it seems. Specificity is absolutely necessary in this element. You can't just write that you had toast for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch, and stir fry for dinner. You got to embrace your inner Bill Nye the Science Guy and get real detailed. Document the ingredients, quantity, and the timing of everything, including supplements. Same thing when it comes to symptoms. Don't just say your energy feels low today. Choose a scale and rate it. And because this process is most helpful for digestive issues, you got to take a peek in the toilet too get to know yourself a little better, you know? Once you've been tracking your regular diet for a few weeks, it's time to enter the next phase, elimination. Although this may spark memories of video games and South Korean survival dramas, it's much less exciting. The purpose of the elimination stage is to remove any food, beverage, or ingredient from your diet that is suspected of triggering a health symptom. The common suspects eliminated include items that contain the popular allergens and intolerances, along with other compounds like caffeine, nitrates, and sulfites. Translating this into real foods and beverages, the elimination phase can look like removing any or all of the following. Dairy, wheat, barley, rye, corn, soy, beef, processed meats, peanuts, tree nuts, alcohol, coffee, pop, eggs, most condiments, and essentially Anything highly processed. If this sounds like everything in your kitchen is now a potential offender, you're not alone. But before recondoing the contents of your fridge, here's what a list of quote unquote safe things to eat are during this stage non dairy products like almond milk or coconut yogurt, rice, quinoa, oats from a gluten free facility, Beans, legumes, chicken, most nuts and seeds, fresh herbs, vegetable oils, herbal teas, and almost all veggies and fruits. An important thing to remember during this phase is that what you do and don't eliminate should be personalized. This stage usually lasts around four to six weeks, and you need to be able to stick with it the entire time. With a good food diary and the guidance of a health professional, you'll be able to better identify specific items to restrict, rather than removing everything that could be a potential food trigger. After the month of elimination is complete, it's time for the science experiment. Reintroduction. This phase is all about trying to pinpoint exactly which items trigger a health symptom. This is where all your tracking skills shine. Your Olympic moment. In this phase, restricted items are reintroduced slowly and one at a time, with the quantity building over a three-day period. For example, let's say a suspected trigger is eggs. You introduce a small amount on day one, and if that's tolerated, double the quantity the next day, and again for the third day. As soon as the food triggers a symptom, note it down and remove it. But if all goes well, you may realize that eggs are not the cause of your dietary woes. And so you can celebrate by doodling hearts and stars in your food diary and then get back to business and prepare for the next item. A key thing here is that reintroducing foods and beverages has to be done one at a time, even if you end up tolerating eggs. After three days, you have to remove them from your diet for the remainder of this phase. The length of time the reintroduction stage takes all depends on how many foods or items were eliminated. So it can last anywhere from one week, to several weeks. Once you have tested out all of your potential trigger items, You should have a narrow down list of foods, ingredients, and beverages to either completely avoid, eat occasionally, or consume in small amounts. With this information, you can create a new, individualized eating plan that hopefully resolves the health symptoms you previously experienced. One of the benefits of this entire process is the ability to understand your thresholds for certain foods. For example, If lactose is an identified intolerance, you are now equipped to make an informed choice about if and when to make an exception. You may realize that eating ice cream should generally be off limits, but you can handle a small scoop at the beach without having to pre-plan where the nearest bathroom is. That is privilege. While the process of the elimination diet is fairly simple on paper, it's a lot more complex in practice. So if you're tempted to try the strategy out Here's a few things to consider before diving in. First, if you feel like you are suffering from a food allergy, please go get tested by an allergist. A homemade elimination diet is not the way to go when anaphylactic shock is on the table. Similarly, if you are suffering from extremely painful digestive issues, you may want to go get tested for celiacs or Crohn's disease. Talk with your doctor about it. Second, Before trying to lay blame for your digestive issues on a couple of foods, take a good, honest look at the way you're eating. If your diet is generally composed of fast food, takeout, and highly processed items, you could very well be feeling like crap because you're eating like crap. I mean, no one feels good after eating Taco Bell. So instead of jumping into a lengthy and detailed elimination diet, First, try reducing your processed food intake, cooking at home more often, drinking water, and eating whole fruits and vegetables. Now, if you're still convinced you want to try out the elimination diet, this third piece of advice is incredibly important. Hire a trained health professional. Every Skywalker needs an Obi-Wan after all. Having professional guidance will help with so many things, such as ensuring you are tracking properly, that your list of eliminated foods is personalized, You are getting adequate nutrition during the elimination phase, your medication use is unaffected, your reintroduction strategy is well planned, and most importantly, that the appropriate food triggers are identified. If you're on your own, it can be pretty confusing to identify patterns in your food diary. For example, if you notice that dairy causes diarrhea and bad skin, how can you be sure that it's from a casein allergy versus a lactose intolerance versus a histamine sensitivity? I know that the American hustler spirit has convinced us to try and do everything on our own, but sometimes you got to lean into the teamwork. The last consideration for elimination diets is to recognize and accept the flaws of this process. It is not a perfect way to identify all your food woes, and even with professional help, it can be difficult to tell with absolute certainty which items trigger a health issue. A lot of other factors, including stress and anxiety, can cause some of the symptoms under investigation. You may also need to go through multiple rounds of this process before you're able to identify all of your food triggers. And keep in mind that this is not an easy undertaking. You have to be patient and committed to the journey in order to find success. We've now covered the ins and outs and pros and cons of the elimination diet. So is it worth it? Well, For someone who is suffering from digestive issues like irritable bowel syndrome, migraines with no known cause, or an autoimmune condition like rheumatoid arthritis, this could very well be a helpful and cost effective tool to try and help you feel better. But if you don't find any regular disturbances to your health from the way you eat, this process may be a bit too extreme and not provide you with much value. Remember, For at least a few months, your entire life has to radically accommodate this strict Sherlock-style investigation. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all solution, and there are plenty of people who won't be suited to undertake this detail-oriented side project. But with all that said, it's a free, temporary tool with no real side effects, so if your diet is not making you feel great, this is something relatively safe to explore. So by all means, dust off that Sherlock Holmes hat, Grab a pen and paper and start investigating. That's been the bite for today. Stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Bites. New episodes are released three times a month. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at Nutrition Bites Podcast to continue the conversation. And if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast and share with a friend. Have a great week.